idea of climbing up the ladder and, and using distractions and everything. Yeah, that's, that's completely fine. We can use that. Uh, Shrouder is actually fairly high ranking. He would be the equivalent of a lieutenant, uh, maybe even possibly a captain. Um, he is in charge of a lot of espionage and assassin uh, assassinations, if I can get my words right. And he either he usually works solo, but uh, he's got a small team that he small strike force that he commands. He's in charge of. So we're he may not have overt power. He has, you know, more subversive, covert uh, authority. But a few, a handful of the individuals that you come across, um, like I said, are are part of Future's forces, and two of them are are pretty high ranking. They're you know the equivalent of a. One's the equivalent of a captain, and the other one's a major. So you send them off to differing uh, command centers, you know, best you can understand it, and get them to start giving opposing orders and everything. So Adrian's looking at you, Brother Spider's looking at you with these flat, dead eyes, and you start your questions, you know, what your world's like, and he motions out past towards the city, he motions towards the city as well, gives a shrug, and he says, it's the future, it's at one point, in any point in time, all of this was the future. And you say, how did you get here from there? And again, flatly, Majesty Future brought all of the individuals here. It's how we get to and from all the places that we go to is the power of majesty future you say what does future have you do i am one of his generals i am one of their generals i do as they wish i command troops i kill i burn i save whatever is asked of me and yeah, like you're starting to gather that Brother Spider's perspective on this whole thing is the the Victorian fatalism of he. What you can also gather from this individual is they are governed heavily by logic. Uh, emotion doesn't seem to come in a lot of uh, what their decisions are. You know, what do you know about the overall war? And the, the point and the goals of the war. And Brother Spider says, Future can 
answer these questions far better than I, but the goal is for past, present, or future to win. If they can overcome in some way the power of one of the other individuals, then they will tip the balance and be able to overcome the next and thus become the singular master of time, which I imagine is the goal that each of them possesses. What's it you kind of quizzically? Did your master not inform you of any of this, that they're a balancing act of one another, that present specifically is the balancing act between future and past. But your offer of information intrigues me. stares flatly for a minute. Says, I believe a uh, quid pro quo is in order. You have this phrase in your world? You nod your head. Good. Then come. I believe future is expecting you. I can imagine that if you had any interaction whatsoever with where you came from with present, with past, that you know that these realms are these individuals and I was sent here to meet you. Come. So you follow Brother Spider and you can keep hold of Shrouder or, or whatever. I'll, you know, if you if there's something here that you want to interject, then, uh, you know, you can uh, retcon a little bit of what's going to happen if necessary, or you can add to it. And if you're quiet, Brother Spider is quiet. If you start answering, asking questions, he just looks at you, turns around and looks at you and... I have answered enough questions, quid pro quo. And that's pretty much the only response that he gives you. So he leads you through this winding, massive city. These buildings are just enormous and takes you on to what can only be described as a mega freeway, you know, 20 lanes of traffic kind of deal, except it's, you know, there's a few cars here or there, but it's just this massive, uh, it winds a little bit. It's not a straight swath through the city or anything. Um, But it starts leading you towards this massive monolith that you saw often in the distance and you know, it's pretty big and you start getting closer and it starts taking a while and this structure just is, gets larger and larger and larger and it's just 
gargantuan in scope. And there don't seem to be any seams or doors or windows or anything like that. Like, it's not a building. And sitting on top of it is this great gold, bronze, brass figure. Now that you're closer, you can get a, a good look. And uh, like present, they're genderless, except future uh, is a bit more on the masculine end of the spectrum, you know, broader shoulders, wider feature, square jaw. Um, but, you know, still, still has some uh, feminine traits as well and everything. So just slightly leaning more towards the masculine. And they make eye contact with you and step up, you know, uh, sit up off of this giant uh, stone throne that they're sitting on and they start to walk and just walk out into empty space and start to come towards you and you don't know if it's the scale of the building by them or what but they it looks like they start to shrink and as they get close to you you do realize that they are getting smaller because if this individual had been uh had not changed size then you know you'd be the size of their toe and they aren't wearing any clothes it's this form-fitting it's like if you took someone in like a like a spandex bodysuit and dipped them in molten metal and pulled them out like that's what their form looks like um, except a bit more definite definition in the face like the face has details and everything sometimes you get you think that they're bald but sometimes you get the idea that there's hair there like you're not like it's this weird shift in perspective depending on how you're looking at them or, or uh, when you blink sometimes you see it or sometimes maybe it's an after image. And they come down and touch the ground and they look at you and it's not a completely perfect face like the rest of this world it's a bit worn like their whole being is a bit worn and weathered um you get the idea that there's wrinkles or age lines or or, or some type of some type of aging uh, in the face and the voice that comes out is Again, old and worn, uh, a little raspy, like, you know, too much smoke inhalation or, or just weathered with age. And they crack just the barest of smiles. It quirks at the sides of their mouth. Ah, oh, Fergus. Puppeteer, conqueror of worlds, controller of galaxies, 
the ender. It's a pleasure to meet you again for the first time. It's a pity that present took you so soon. You were glorious, glorious. But I know you have questions. I know you have comments. So please. Fergus is very wary of future right away and is like kind of kind of moving back and around a little bit, like circling. I don't know if future would fall into that pattern with him, but he's kind of staying mobile. He's kind of kiting around. He's like looking around. He, it's not necessarily that he expects future to attack him, but he can't rule it out. And he also hasn't decided whether or not he wants to try something. Um, but when Future calls him the Ender, he freezes. And as soon as Future's done talking, or if it's allowable, he interrupts. He's just like, no, no, that's, that's exactly why I'm here. I'll, I don't want worlds or, or, or galaxies. I, I don't want anything to do with your war with past and present. I, 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 I'm not interested. I, I want you and your kind to leave me and my world alone. Um... Not sure if he would add anything else to that. Well, no, okay. He says that, and he takes a pause to get his non-existent breath back. And then he says, I'm, I'm willing to tell you everything I know about present in exchange for that. And if that doesn't interest you, then, then I'm going to keep trying wreck your little realm here until you destroy me because I, I I won't accept it I my world is not I won't ruin it the way you want me to I refuse and and if you can't accept that then then you may as well get rid of me 